or I would love to make sure we're on the same page and we're seeing this the same way so we can move forward together and not worry about it anymore. Like that's such a better way of bringing up a conflict than, hey, I have something I'm really upset about that you did or that you said and we need to talk about it now. Like that's like so scary and one-sided versus the we team route. Welcome to What I Love About Sex, where some incredible guests and I, Steph Kanowski, will be bringing you the tools for improving your sex life with topics such as sex issues with your partner, sexual self-confidence, premature ejaculation, sexual shame, masturbation, sharing your fetishes, orgasmic pleasure, and more. Sex is still so taboo, and I personally believe that by improving our understanding and communication skills around sex, we can enhance our own self-pleasure as well as deepening our long-term romantic relationships. So listen in, try to stay open-minded, and let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. I am in my new apartment in Austin, Austin, Texas. (laughs) The amount of times me and Andrew have, or Andrew and I have talked like, now that we're in Austin, (laughs) nobody talks like that in Austin. (laughs) We feel like we're out in the country compared to New York City. So we're like, here in Austin, Texas. (laughs) It's great. So far, so good. Actually, uh, <laughs> scratch that. We have had the flu. I've had the flu since Wednesday. And we left, we moved out of New York City Saturday morning. So prime time to have the flu, right? I was on my deathbed, like selling stuff and packing. And oh my God, it was, it was hell, guys. Like the day we moved in this apartment, I, Andrew had, was doing so much by himself. I felt so bad because I was just, I was in the tub, like couldn't move. I, oh my God, it was just terrible. It was so bad. I felt so bad for him, but he was like, it's right. feels good to move, use my hands and move around and I'm lifting shit. And I'm like, okay, you just do your man thing and I'll be over here dying. (laughs) But I'm glad he wasn't upset. Uh, Anyway, um, yeah, it's pretty crazy too because we moved into a massive apartment compared to our New York City shoebox studio (laughs) which was my studio initially and then Andrew left Austin to move in with me and finish up my lease so that was kind of our way of handling our long distance relationship um, so that we wouldn't have to go another eight months long distance with it already you know we were already going like a year almost a year at that point so It worked out. It worked out. We did not kill each other in that 400-foot studio, (laughs) 400-square-foot studio apartment. And um, that was actually something we were really shocked about, was that we didn't have one conflict over space. He did a really... Well, not that he did a good job, but um, Andrew's just very much likes to be out and about. He works long hours. Um, He prefers a nice office setting. So he was up and out to WeWork, you know, almost on a daily basis. But even when we were sick, you know, we gave each other space. I had my things where I was out and it just worked. It just worked. 
surprisingly so. So the other night was funny because I couldn't find him in here. And I was like, babe, where are you? <laughs> like I literally had him the first moment where I couldn't see him like in front of me while in the apartment, which is funny. So... So yeah, we're doing good. The apartment is beautiful in Austin and I'm very happy to be here. I'm very excited to start this new chapter and uh, it's just, I think it's going to be great for my health, for life, for business, my partnership, everything. Anyway, diving into today's topic, um, I want to start off by saying that I appreciate you guys reaching out to share your results of the sex meditations. I'm hearing more and more about how helpful they are and how much they've changed your sex life for the better and improved your confidence, which is really awesome because obviously that was the intention. I wanted them to be a place where you could go to feel confident um, in your masturbation and feel good about masturbating to the point where it felt productive for you or feels productive. And this really is a way to to productively masturbate like you are doing it with intention to improve your body awareness your mental focus to understand your desires on a deeper level to have better body image by appreciating yourself a bit more and attaching that appreciation to self-pleasure there's so much that can go into masturbation to use it as an amazing tool to enhance your confidence and um, and overcome dick-related issues that you're struggling with. So I'm so happy to hear that the sex meditations have been helpful for you. And um, if you'd like to check them out and you haven't yet, you can join monthly. So even if you just try it out for a month and then cancel your membership, that's totally fine. I actually encourage you to do that, to at least give it a shot and check it out and see what it has to offer you. And I will leave that link in the description of this show so that you can join and check out sex meditations so that they can help you. All right, so today we're talking about conflict. That is the topic of this episode. And what inspired me to talk about this is, first of all, that I'm every single client I talk to are dealing with some sort of conflict, whether it's an internal conflict they're struggling with themselves or a, a conflict they're struggling with uh, a partner. And that... Um, the one that inspired me is one of my clients who told me the, the other day that his partner only wants to discuss sex when it's in a positive, when it's about a positive topic related to their sex life. And I understand this. So I want to, I want to see her perspective and talk from her perspective for a moment, which most likely is she feels insecure about her, her sex life with her partner so she, because of that insecurity, she feels as though she can't handle anything that's not positive around sex. Um, so insecurity. I would also say lack of education because someone who is not very self-educated sexually will feel more insecure, but also just, just have no idea what to say in conversations, especially around conflict. You know, when it's a positive conversation, you can easily just be like, oh, that's great. Yay. When it's a conflict, you can't respond with a one word like, oh, okay. I mean, a lot of people do, <laughs> but, um, but there's expected more, there's more expected from you in response to a conflict, right? So when you're not sexually educated 
in yourself or around sex in general, um, it could be very difficult to have a conversation around conflict in regards to sex. And also, if you have a poor relationship with sex yourself, and it's not something that's comfortable for you to talk about, um, you don't feel like you deserve pleasure, you don't understand what pleasure really means, you feel awkward around sex, you feel shame attached to sex, you've had many previous poor sex experiences that caused a lot of stress in your life or in your mind when it comes to what you think when you think of sex. So poor relationship with sex overall is another reason why a partner may say, hey, I don't want to talk about sex unless it's something positive. So with all of these things combined, it could be one or all of these combined in terms of a reason why a partner would not want to discuss sex in a negative way. Um, I don't see there ever being real negative sex conversations. The way that I see it and the perspective that I take, um, of course, as a sexologist, this isn't how most people would look at it, but I encourage you to look at it this way because anyone can, is that there's never a bad or negative sex perspective. It's just bringing up something that can promote change, that wouldn't would appreciate change in that area and wouldn't we want to know that you know like when we talk to when we when our partners not feeling connected to us don't we want to know that isn't that important to be able to know that or if our partner is not fulfilling our pleasure or helping us feel pleasure or we don't feel like our pleasure is prioritized by our partner when it comes to sex isn't that something we want our partner to know in respect for ourselves and for our sexual relationship. Yeah, we want to be sharing these things. We wanna make sure we're on the same page. We wanna make sure we're on the same team. So we want reassurance we're on the same team and we wanna make sure we're on the same page. So that's how I think when it comes to conflict. We're just off the page, we're on different, <laughs> we're on different pages. And all it means is that, hey, okay, we gotta talk about this to get back on the same page. We, it's a team effort. And if you think of conflict or bad sex conversations, you're most likely thinking of it as a one-sided thing where it's like, oh, that means that I'm bad. That means I'm not doing something right. That means I'm wrong and he's right. When really, no, you're both off. If one person's off, that means you're both off and you both have to figure out how to work through whatever the block is together. Whatever the obstacle is, work at it together. You know, it's like you're doing a relay race. You are on the same team. You're handing your partner the baton. You know, like you're in it together. And so many of us forget that, hey, this, when we have a conflict, it means we have to resolve it together. It doesn't mean we get mad at each other and we blame each other. That's not going to be productive. That will never get the outcome that either of us really wants when we go in with that mentality of blame or I'm going to prove I'm right. You know, it has to always come from, hey, how can we get back on the same page? Um, and this is what I think could help. What do you think could help? Okay, let's put our brains together and our ideas together and choose what option we want to go with moving forward. That's how I look at sex conflict. And it's so important because there's always going to be 
sex is just a normal, another part of life, just as, you know, our, our health is a normal part of life. Our finances are normal part of life. Our other relationships, our career life, like it's just another part of life where there will be problems always coming in the way. Like, you know, with your health, you get a cold or you break your ankle or, um, something happens where you got to take extra supplements or you have to take medicine. Like that's an ongoing thing, right? Like your health, you got to lose some weight. That's, you're always checking in on that. And when you see something come up, you're not like, oh my God, what's wrong? This shouldn't be talked about. No, you, you go to the doctor, you talk to someone about it, you get help, and then you're back on track. You know, sex is the same way. And we have to start viewing it as, hey, it's normal, just as any other area of life, to have a problem here or a setback or a conflict, a misunderstanding. And that means that I treat it the same way I treat other areas of life, which is I communicate and I get the answers I need to resolve it. So first of all, it's normal, all right? And you got to know that. Sex conflict is normal. There is no couple out there that is never having the sex issues. It's just not happening. It's not real. <laughs> like, it's not happening. Um, so it's normal. It's okay. Second, my second point is you want to get into a routine of discussing conflicts to show it's normal. It's normal and it's not as scary as you think it has to be. All right? So... What Andrew and I did was from the start of our relationship, we created relationship check-ins and we genuinely do these. Like I'm not just making this shit up. Like once a month, um, once a month, once every six weeks, we have a relationship check-in where we have a format of how we discuss where we're both at, how we're feeling about life as separate teammates and separate individuals while living together. And um, then we talk about the, any conflicts that have arose um, that we want to discuss together and work out together. And then we end with appreciation for each other. So this is our personal format that we enjoy using. And it's this time where we know we're going to have a check-in. So if it's something big that might take like 20 minutes to talk about and we don't have the capacity during the week to have that discussion, then we'll save it for a check-in or we'll save it for the weekend. Or if it's that urgent, we will make time for it that day. All right. It, it depends on the urgency. Um, but we have that time. We have that allotted time where it's like, okay, it's normal for us to talk about conflicts. It happens every month or every six weeks and we normalized it. So it's okay. It's like part of our relationship. And, um, and if you don't normalize talking about conflict, then it's going to feel very uncomfortable and awkward when a conflict comes up for you because you're never going to know when to talk about it. You're never going to feel like it's safe enough to talk about, right? You're not going to have the emotional safety and relaxation of being like, hey, I have something I really want to talk to you about that's like concerning me. You know, that should, that should slip off your tongue, those words. It shouldn't feel like, oh my God, what's wrong? And your partner shouldn't be like, what? What's happening? You know, <laughs> you should just be like, hey, it's normal to have concern every once in a while. Like, even if it is once a month, like Andrew and I have some type of concern that pops up once a month, whether it's something that 
has repeated itself or something that we have anxiety about in the future that maybe doesn't concern our relationship together, but as a whole it does because it's causing anxiety in ourself. Like there's, there's some concern that's always being discussed. Um, and some are more intense than others, right? But at least the conversation is normal. So for you to normalize this conversation is for you to share with your partner and say something like, hey, I was, you know, I was thinking of how, how helpful it might be for us to just to talk about concerns we have on a more regular basis so that we always feel like we're addressing each other's needs. And if we're ever not, we have the freedom to share that with each other without getting angry or without freaking out or getting really nervous about it. Like we just have this kind of like safe space to talk about issues. Um, what do you think about that? Like we could call it this, we could have it every two months or once a month. Um, talk to your partner and just give them an idea of what, you know, tell them you heard this podcast and say, I just, I think it's, it would be nice to always know if there's, you know, something on each other's mind that we could share and have a special time to do it. And that might be really helpful. What do you think? And start, this could be your way of starting to normalize these conversations. Because like I said, it doesn't have to be as scary as it seems. When you normalize it, it's not scary, okay? It might be, you, you might have a racing heart when it's time to have the discussion. Like I definitely have some concerns that I'm nervous to talk to Andrew about, but at the end of the day, I know it's going to be okay because we've had multiple conversations just like it already. You know, and we're we're used to being in this environment of like, okay, here comes conflict time. Like, we got this. And it's very much a we got this. So my next, my third point are just a few random things to keep in mind when you're addressing conflict is using the words that show you're on the same team as your partner. Like, like I just said, like, we got this. We can do this. Let's figure this out together. Um, hey, I have this conflict I've been thinking about and I would love to like work it out with you. I would love to work on it together. I would love to discuss it together to see what we can do about it together. See how different that feels from I have something I'm really upset about and I need to talk to you because I'm not happy with you. Like how different are those two vibes? <laughs> They're very different. So to use words that show you're on the same team or even saying, hey, I have something I'm worried about. I would love to get back on the same page with you about it. Or I would love to make sure we're on the same page and we're seeing this the same way so we can move forward together and not worry about it anymore. Like that's such a better way of bringing up a conflict than hey, I have something I'm really upset about that you did or that you said and we need to talk about it now. Like that's like so scary and one-sided versus the we team route. So that's point, that's random point number one. Um, another point is when it comes to conflict, Always start with addressing, or try your best to start with addressing anything good or acknowledging what you've seen in terms of effort from your partner before you go down the, the concern path. All right, so something that I try to do is if I have a concern to bring up to Andrew, I'll say, okay, first of all, I love how I can talk to you about this kind of stuff. And um, I also appreciate 
your support overall in our relationship. You've really been there for me lately. And I just, you know, that does not go unnoticed. I, I see that in you and I feel very taken care of by you. But I do have this concern around X and this is why. You know, and then I'll go into my explanation for the actual concern. But that starting point is very genuine. Like I, I do... I do appreciate him, you know, taking care of me. But then it's like, but this one thing I don't feel very taken care of with. So see how it kind of leads into like, hey, I appreciate this about you, but here's where I'm having a hard time. Um, That's typically a good way to address conflict is to start with like, okay, what can you genuinely acknowledge or appreciate about your partner that relates to this conflict but then leads into the conflict so that your partner's not in defense mode when you first bring it up and that you're a bit more relaxed too because you've made a point to connect with each other before going into the conflict. All right, so that's random point number two is try to preface it with something good or something you could acknowledge in your partner that you appreciate. And then the third random point to keep in mind when addressing conflict is normalize regularly also mentioning good things happening when they happen. So a lot of people, what a lot of couples tend to do is they get into this habit of hardly communicating, but then when something's not going well, they're like, we need to talk about this, or I hate that you do this, or why can't you ever do this? And the only communication that really comes out of their mouth is the negative stuff and complaining. And it turns into nagging or it turns into um, like punishment from your partner. And it just comes off the wrong way because the only time you're really acknowledging them is when they're fucking up. And that's not fair either. You know, like there needs to be there. You want to not even balance. You want to actually be expressing more of the appreciation you have for your partner on a normal basis. All right, so acknowledging the little things, because think about it, guys. If you acknowledge a little thing every day that you notice about your partnership that you appreciate and you call it out to your partner and then that happens every day and then maybe once a month you have a concern to bring up, it's not going to feel like that big of a deal for you or your partner because it's like you're always acknowledging the good things. So it makes it kind of like gives you more of a freedom to mention the concern it doesn't feel as daunting because there's so much communication around what's going well and what you can appreciate and we just so often get in a habit of not verbalizing appreciation for the good things because it's like okay well that was good like I don't really have to address that like that's how it should be But no, like we want to give our partner recognition, regardless of whether or not their love language is words of affirmation, you want to be verbalizing and communicating around, hey, this really meant a lot to me when you did that. I really appreciated that. So thank you. You know, that little comment takes five seconds and shows your partner and gives your partner some validation. They're on the right track or reassurance. And it also creates a habit of you recognizing the, the positive things in your relationship. And it will make your partner feel good. It will make you feel good that you're with your partner. It's just, it's important to get into this habit just as much as it is to get into a habit of normalizing um, conflict resolution discussions. So 
Um, so normalize mentioning the good things when they happen, you know? Um, one that I really appreciated that Andrew did the other day was he randomly was like, you know, I was, I was talking to someone and they were, they were saying how they, they sometimes can't stand their partner. And it made me think about you. And I was like, I'm never at the point where I can't stand you. Like, I just like, I couldn't imagine even thinking that. Like, I just love being around you. And, you know, you're, you make me, you know, so happy. And, you know, I also made me, it also made me realize like, you're never mean. You're never mean to me. Like, you're never like a bitch. You know, even when you're, when you're PMSing, it's just like, you never take it out on me. Or like, cause I have really bad PMS. So this sometimes does get in the way of our communication. Um, so he's open to talk that way. Um, so yeah, so it was just like this little like, ah, like that was nice. Like that was so random and sweet. Like he had a conversation with someone and it made him think of how he appreciates me. And he immediately shared that with me when he came home. And that made, that meant so much to me. And I'm like, wow, I wonder how many, um, I wonder how many other thoughts he has that he just doesn't share, right? Just as I probably have a lot of thoughts I think and I don't share with him um, that, that I'm trying to be more mindful about. And just if you can think right now of your partnership, like if your partner does something really sweet for you that's like random or just tells you something nice, do you just think about it or do you verbalize, babe, that was, thanks for sharing that. That was really nice, you know, or... I mean, do you verbalize like when you think of something you appreciate about them too, where it's like, oh, babe, I was thinking about how you did this like last week. And, you know, that was just really sweet. And I thought about it a couple times this week and just it made me smile because I, I felt lucky to have you as a partner. Like little things like that make so much, so much difference in how you feel about your partner and also how your partner feels about you and the strength of your communication. So I think it's, it's really important to, for us to um, realize how often we're actually communicating with each other about the things that are going well and making sure we're doing that more than the conflict, but also making sure we are doing the conflict, like having the conflict discussions. So have the conflict discussions regularly. And what that means is you want to even more regularly be sharing with your partner the things that you see going well and that you appreciate. And also, just a warning light, what this might do for some of you is make you realize that, wow, I may not be in the relationship I thought I was in. You know, it may make you double think your relationship because if you're sitting there trying to think of things that you can be grateful for or positive things you can acknowledge in your partner and you can't find anything, and that's consistent of you looking for these things and not finding anything, that tells you something about the partnership that you're in. And that means you either have to have a discussion about that or you need to maybe find a new partner um, if you've been discussing that. So you really learn a lot about yourself and your partner when you step up your communication game in terms of frequency and uh, quality. So I hope this was helpful. And I just, you know, want to remind you guys that conflict resolution discussions are very important around sex. Um, yeah, especially around sex, because sex is just something that we're taught to be shameful of and be quiet about. So we even more have a habit of holding back when it comes to talking about sex. 
And we can't, we can't hold back there. It's very, very important to talk about. And, um, and you want to make it the norm. So if you have gotten to a habit of telling your partner, hey, let's only talk about it when it's positive things, or if your partner has said this to you, I really encourage you to have a talk with your partner and either and, and solidify that, hey, moving forward, I think we should be able to discuss conflicts along with the things that we're happy about and feel are going positively or moving in the right direction because it's healthy. It's, it's healthy for you to do that. So with that being said, guys, I hope this was helpful. Once again, check out Sex Meditations if you haven't yet. The link is in the description of this show. And have an amazing morning, evening, or night, wherever you are in the world. Talk to you soon. I hope this episode helped you. If it did, I would love for you to leave me an iTunes review. It would mean the world to me. You can also screenshot your favorite episodes and tag me on Instagram at Steph Ganowski. And before I go, remember, your sex life is as good as you make it out to be. Until next time.